You're right, lads. I feel like Seth is planning something. He's deliberately not said anything. I'll just I'll just do the normal intro. Hello, anyone listening? Hi. What? <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. Good. Hello, anyone listening? And welcome to Connecting Vague Dots with me, Jay Panels, Seth Cox. Hello. And a very special guest, a return guest. Our first, oh no, second returning guest. Third. Tom, Dan. Keep track of your guests, my guys. Yes, I got Tom, very special. Dan, so that's, that's, in, that's a nice compliment. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, mm. yeah, it puts you in a very small um, minority of, you know, the, the, the really top tier guests. That was so good, all bad, that we had them on again. Which am I? Good we haven't bad. had any bad guests, have we? I mean, we had Dan on again, fully knowing what what he would be like. That that's true. No, I'm I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think of someone that I can insult in a, but but who won't be insulted by by me insulting them. Amy like, most people probably. Most people, okay. Yeah, yeah, all the guests have been rubbish. Yeah, good. We're that's we're, nice, we're still in search of the perfect guest. Yeah. Um, do you think there's scope for the perfect guest to be a returning guest? So could they be perfect on on their return? Do you think? Possibly. You could <laughs> you could sort of ease your way into things. Yeah. You have a you have a bumpy beginning and then then it's smooth staling from from then on. This is often the the case. Often you, it's bumpy to start off with, um, and then. You have to smooth, like you say, you have to smooth your way into the opening. Yeah, absolutely. I, f- I feel like, oh, right, yeah. Okay, there you go. Um, I, I was really? going to say, you you sounded like you were building up to an innuendo. I and, was. Then, and then you said the word opening. Yeah. Um, well Will, do you drink tea? What? Do you drink tea? Well, yeah. Do you um, reuse tea bags? I don't, but I probably should. Okay, well, I've started doing it, um, and you know, green tea sort of isn't very. Not even green tea, disgusting. Yeah, it's it's not great anyway. Um, reusing a green tea bag is awful. It's dreadful. Yeah, I can imagine that. If it was like a builder's tea, something that's quite strong, then it might be okay to reuse because it'll be quite yeah. strong the second time. But with a green tea bag or herbal tea, then it's going to be very weak. Yeah, it, yeah. Just when you think it can't get any weaker, look, look at. I mean, the listeners <laughs> might be able to see it. If you have a look, it looks like just boiling water. Um, it's really not very good at all. Um, but I've started doing it because I drink about six, seven teas a day, and to go through that many tea bags a day is quite an actual drain on me, really. I don't hit quite that number. It's like four or five for me on average. Yeah, I think that's a good number. That's a healthy number, I'd say. Yes. Trying to think how many coffees I go through a day. It's probably about five. No, no, coffees, not wanks, Jay. How many coffees? Oh, oh, then, um, then about one. Do we have any news? And anyone on the on the call today? Will, how have you been? And more importantly, how are you? All right. I've, I've uh, uni sucks because it's so busy right now. First year was so much better. There's so much work to do. What What, what are you studying? No, again? It's not not too bad. I've got lots of hockey going on. Uh, that's fun to do, I suppose. Not really got much else on though. Just lots of lots of work. <laughs> <laughs> good, uh, good, good job. Really Bye. sold the uni experience. Mm. Oh, I've discovered a thing. I think this could do with a general recommend. It's, good, it's like a nice, nice thing to do. I've discovered. Like in the call- shower? No, we've talked about okay. that before. Yeah. Although I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast. Don't think so. But I thought you might have revisited it, and you're going to. No, we, the... I I share a shower, and that would be wrong. Yeah, I'm glad we can draw the line. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Anyway, um, no, what was I talking about? Oh yes. So I've discovered I quite enjoy not knowing what the time is. That's no, no, I'm just the most so... punctual person I know. Yeah. So like, <clears throat> on on a weekend. When I've sort of wrapped up most of the work that I have to do for for the 
week for the week. I quite like to, well, I've decided I that it's nice to sort of take my watch off, put it somewhere where I can't see it, turn my clock around so I can't see the time, not really be on my laptop, just like sit and read a book and just do that for as long as I feel like doing it and not have whatever the time is sort of in my mind. It's quite nice. It's quite freeing. I recommend it. Maybe I'll, I'll try that someday. That, that, that is that is quite quite interesting, actually. I mean, I'm always very much, you know, my, my day is split into time. So, you know, at 5.15 every weekday, I've got pointless. I, w- I wouldn't be able to, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to, put a watch to also when you're describing how you've got rid of time most people would just say get get rid of their phones but you sound like you 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 live in like this really old great manor house turning around all the grandfather clocks and sort of yeah uh, taking all your watches off and stuff like that yeah so it's i've been trying to get back into reading and what i find is a nice way to do that is just to make sure i don't know what the time is so i'm not conscious of how long i've been reading for i'll just read for however long i feel like reading if I feel like, you know, getting up and going for a coffee, I'll get up and go for a coffee. What about food? What about meals? If I feel hungry, I'll eat. You don't what? seem convinced by this, Seth. I'm not massively convinced by it because I feel like we need, everyone needs a bit of structure to their life. Well, I think, I think you can have like a day every week or couple of weeks where you just, you just ditch it and just have a, a nice, a, it's just just some time to just chill out and not feel regimented. But d- does it change sort of how long you're devoting um, to each sort of task? D- does that change when you don't look at the? T- oh, I suppose you wouldn't know because you're not looking at the time. But d- do you spend longer reading when you're not conscious of the time, or do do you oh, it go faster, slower? What's going on? I definitely read for longer. So um, the book that I talked about a while ago. Um, called Out of Love. Mm. I've I did that with a cup with that book a couple of times. I sort of sat down I think it was probably like eight in the evening that I sat down and decided to read it and did did the the time thing of taking off all my timepieces and turning my phone off and turning my clock around. I just sat down and read and started reading the book. I was on like page hundred and thirty of a three hundred and thirty page book. And then I, I just finished the book and then just went, oh, that was really good. And then I checked the time and it was like quarter past midnight. And I went, cool. Nice. Yeah, that would annoy me though, going over time too much. So ending up, up at sort of like one o'clock, I'd be like, oh, I've gone and ran over. Well, I find I do that anyway. Just like you put on a live stream or something on the computer and just like, you know, do whatever, read on your phone. And then you just lose track of time. Yeah, that's why a lot of the apps don't have don't allow you to have a clock at the top of your screen, isn't it? Because then you spend longer on it. I think it's a theory behind that. For games, yeah, but for like most like the games, yeah, they've all got time. Yeah, yeah. I think I just think it's nice, it's nice to give it a go. It's a shame I, I can't. It's, it's a shame I can't do it with my laptop. I've tried it a couple of times to like get the the clock out of the bottom right hand corner but i can't i can't do it i can't get rid of it way to do it you can mix so the the bar only um, shows when you put your mouse over it oh i've got set up now so everything is hidden below the screen until you put your mouse down then it all goes up i shall try and give that a go then because that would be nice well um thanks for sharing um jay that's really sort of given us some I don't know, I feel like that was quite quite a relaxing story. That was a feel-good one. Yeah. How about you, Seth? Any news for you? Um, no, except I had one of those um, nights last night where I couldn't remember what I dreamt and what actually happened. Um, so that's every night? No, yeah. I mean, people don't remember their dreams much, do they? No, 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 but I, I couldn't remember if what I thought had happened was a dream or what I thought had happened had actually happened. Um, what, what, one of the examples of which was um, this morning, I, I, I was all ready for the podcast at 9.30 because I thought I just dreamt that Jay had messaged me changing the time, but he had messaged me. 
changing the time. Um, and also, this was a weird one. Um, I still don't know if this was a dream or if this was real. Um, so last night I was adding lots of people on, on Snapchat and I just went, oh, accept, accept, accept. And I just accepted everyone, which was a bad move because then I ended up with some um, porn accounts on, on my on my Snapchat and I was sort of, I was drunk and it was like one o'clock in the morning. I was going through these stories going, what have I done? Because there are all these sort of ladies on there. Um, and I was like, oh gosh. And then I had to delete them all and block them. Um, but I can't remember if that happened or not, and I've got no evidence. So, do you ever have that where you can't remember if what, what you did was a dream or? I have, but you don't remember if it's a dream or not. But I've never followed porn accounts and then be like, did I do that or not? I've never done that before. <laughs> I'm not think Jay has either. No. No, but see, it, it would make sense if I had done that because I was adding a lot of people on Snapchat. But then why would. <laughs> I, there were two. There were okay. two of them. Two accounts, not just one, two. Which makes me think that's quite unlikely, isn't it, for two of them to come up? I well, I mean, once you've once you've got one, is that right? Do they all start coming in? It's like it's like the suggested feature, isn't it? Oh shit! Yeah, maybe maybe I was going through my suggested and adding them all, or maybe it was all a dream. You know, <laughs> there isn't a moral. It's like to the, the really story. terrible ending to like a year six short story. <laughs> it was all a dream. <laughs> Yeah, you got. Or, got or it might not have been because I was pissed. <laughs> year six story there, hopefully. Yeah. God, I used to love doing that though. You, you always felt smart when you ended it with, "Was it all a dream?" Yeah, and and then everyone turned around and said, "That's terrible. Never do that." <laughs> What's the point? Honestly, though, what is the point in that ending when you think about it? Because you run out of time and you can't actually finish like the ending of the story, so you just like ah, they wake up. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's like the the I don't know how to end a story, so I'm just going to pretend it wasn't real. Will, do you have any news? Anything to no, share? Not really. My life. Yeah, nothing as calming as Jay's or stupid as yours has happened to me. See. Well, should we get on with the podcast then? Yeah, I suppose. Do you want to introduce the concept? Yes, okay, so uh, the concept of this podcast is that me and Jay and our esteemed guest have all chosen a film, a piece of music, and a book, all of which have an underlying theme or link, and the others in the call will be trying to guess what our link is, and there's a point system involved, which means the sooner you guess it, the more points you get, and me and Jay also, as a sort of way to sort of broaden our horizons and sort of our scope of interests, we have agreed to introduce a system where we can revisit any of the suggestions from the week before. So, Jay, did you revisit any of my suggestions? Can you remind me of what they were? Probably. Um, <laughs> we both forget immediately, don't we? Yeah, we do. Who did we have on last? You, you had um, Amy Winehouse, didn't you, last week? I remember that because I listened to that. Oh, very good. I'm yeah. pleased. Yeah, um, um, I had Full Metal Jacket. Amy Winehouse, and then I was talking about the loss of innocence, wasn't I? Mm. So we've got Amy Winehouse for Metal Jacket. Sandman. Yes. Yeah. The the five. Was yeah. The the uh, game of you. Hmm. Very good. Uh, so yeah, I did listen to the Amy Winehouse album or bits of it. So I'll give myself half of that. I didn't listen to all of it bits of it okay um I, that hasn't helped me with remembering what mine was um no i don't i don't suppose it has um i got yours quite early last time it was fairly it was a fairly straightforward oh, one, yeah it was it? um duos or something so i had oh. pilots um and uh Directing Brothers, Uncut Gems, and... And then Good Omens. Good Omens, yes. Have you delved into any of those? No. I wanted to go and watch Uncut Gems, and then as everything happens with the podcast, it goes up. I forget everything that happened on it. Then I move on with my life. Yeah. Yeah. Which is okay, not Okay, well... There we go. You know, me, me and Will are starting on half, so... Yeah. That's, that's good. And... We might as well introduce 
our first thing. Will, your film, please. My film. Right, so I have chosen uh, Joker. Mm. This will be a good discussion. We haven't talked about that yet. I decided to watch it because I've seen it fairly recently and I thought it would be good for my link. So, yeah. Okay. Are you both familiar right. with uh, the film? Have you seen it? Yes. Yes. I saw it at the cinema. I just uh, about it. So it's uh, about Joker, obviously, the Batman villain, and his origin story, uh, played by Joaquin Phoenix, who is like the best Joker I think we've had. Maybe other than Heath Ledger, I'm not sure. A bit of a decision between the two. But uh, yeah, it talks about uh, it's um, so he's a, a mentally disabled man. I'm not exactly sure what conditions he has specifically, but he's got um, psychosis, I think. Um, and he's so it's his um, development into complete madness and insanity and eventually becoming his character of a joker because he used to be a clown but he got fired for killing someone yes. yeah yeah <laughs> you're do not it. allowed to kill fired. people i'm afraid oh, we're gonna that's... have to let you go <laughs> yeah yeah and it's Did a, you like the film, the revolution and then it's, yeah it's a very good film you liked it yeah do you like it a lot is it sort of up there um now I, I recognize it was a good film, but it wasn't. It's not the kind of film I'd like to watch a lot because it, it, it's just really like sad to watch this guy like having a really tough life and everyone around him suffering for like no reason. So yeah, I feel like it's it's one it's one of those arty, interesting character study films that you watch once and you go cool. Don't want to watch that again. Yeah, but it's good to see. Yeah, yeah I, like, I films more like there's an entertainment thing, and if I'm not having fun or like you know enjoying the film, then I don't I don't want to watch the film really, do I? Because it's not not fun to watch after a certain point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about the movie without um, Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Like, if they'd have had maybe just sort of an average um, actor, it would have been it. terrible. It yeah, would have been awful, but pretty boring. Resold it. Yeah. Did he get the Oscar in the end? He did, didn't he? Uh, I don't know. Yes, I think, I think so. I go with yes. I think he did. Yeah, I just find I, it mad how um, the director can go from directing The Hangover to directing Joker. It's a big jump, films, aren't they? It's a massive jump. Yeah. Very strange. Uh, as to the Heath Ledger Joaquin Phoenix debate. Ooh. It's tough because they're not. In the films they appear in, they're not very similar characters. Even though they're playing the same character, they're not like similar at all. Because mm-hmm. he's like a criminal mastermind, whereas Joaquin Phoenix is like a just an insane person who gets lucky in in a way. Yeah. So they're, they're different in a very big way. But it's hard to say like who acted better because they're both incredible actors playing a very good role. Yeah. Yeah. Difficult. I think. Um. Wasn't it? Um banned in a couple countries for being too anarchist uh, an- anarchistic anarchistic yeah that's the word that. yeah. that? oh, okay i didn't know same... like china banned it so it always banned everything yeah i think china did um but yeah because it was quite sort of when was it, was it very what... anti-establishment yeah what film was it that was banned after a couple shootings happened and then the film came out and it was sort of about gang shootings Do you remember that i can't remember which one it was no, anyway, no, yeah, this is no, a similar situation. Don't worry, it's fine. I don't know what I'm talking about, but yeah, yeah, it was definitely banned in a couple, couple countries. Yeah, mm. so that's my film. I have talked about my theme enough, I think. Hmm. Jay, uh, what, do you, what do you think? I think it's either to do with um, mental illness, or what I think it's probably more likely is there's a a better ver- uh, there's a debate to be had about the better version of the thing it's a better version of joker a better version of a song yeah better version of a book could work a book maybe oh maybe or maybe you've got like the old um uh like the myths and stuff like the retelling of the myths and things yeah I think I was going to go down those lines, or sort of down the lines of um, 
Yeah, it's the same, but um, it, uh, Will's choice occurs in more than one form, but even though it's the same, they're very different portrayals. I guess then, what's your final sort of... How, with... how do you want to formalise it, Seth? We'll go with your one, actually, for now. We'll go with the... Um, there's sort of another version, um, and there's a debate to be had over which is better. No, nowhere near. Nowhere near? No. Okay, good. See, we know from last time that you're quite good at disguising your, your link. I think... Maybe, yeah. not, maybe not this time, because they're very... Uh, they're, they're much more linked than last time, I think. But we'll see. Mm. We'll see. Okay. I can't remember what Will's link was last time. That was a long time ago. Was I remember it. Was, um, there, uh, not where they seem to be on the surface. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was it. Dark undertones almost, yeah. That's good, I like that. Mm. Right then. Who's next? I don't mind going next. Okay, go on then, Seth. Um, now, actually, funny we were talking about there's a debate to be had over which version is better, because my film choice is the Inbetweeners movie 2. Um, you know, I've never ever seen an episode of an Inbetweeners or the films. I haven't seen the films, but I've seen some of the series. I've never ever watched it. I've seen like clips and stuff on, on YouTube and Instagram, but you know, I've never seen a full episode. That's annoying because I feel like you're at the age. You're well, at an age where you should be watching this stuff. No, 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 but I feel like the age where we should have been watching it was when we were 14 and 15, and we shouldn't have been watching it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it was, well, it's, you'll all know the in between is it's sort of four boys growing up in a British uh, sixth form, and basically just follows them around and the sort of stuff they get up to. And, and the movies were. Um, good the first one was okay and in my opinion the second one was far better um it's it's a very good movie and I, i've never known something to have such an effect on our school in um in warmest during on kingdown what, do what you effect do you have well so for, for example when i went to um edinburgh to visit my friend tom Kerry at his university um everyone seemed very cultured up there and they've sort of there seemed to be Edinburgh. a sort of yeah, yeah there seemed to be sure? a sort of a, a sort of know how like oh yeah no we we sort of love it you know when sort of cultures sweep through um society and you get sort of waves of are you phases. are you sure it's not just are you sure it's just you met people that tom knew no i met i met I people that, that the mean like culturalness of edinburgh is very high yeah, word, but you know, I just feel like wh when stuff happens, often it passes over Warminster, and we're not like influenced by it. Oh, do, do you know what I mean? It's sort of like I don't think that's true at all. Really, I feel like whenever sort of you've got maybe a, a, a trend or or some sort of new thing is about, I don't think it really comes through Warminster much. I think they sort of I th I think they pass through Warminster. They just don't stick. Maybe, maybe that's the difference. Well, anyway, my point was that, I mean, the Inbetweeners was very influential to my growing up in Kingdown because, I mean, that's where sort of you get all the phrases like bus wanker, nudgies, nudgies came from the Inbetweeners shotgun, calling shotgun on, on, on a lift came from the Inbetweeners. Do you know what I mean? There was lots of stuff. It didn't come from there. I can tell you the origins of the phrase shotgun and it's not Inbetweeners. Oh, well. The origins of the phrase shotgun we, is from when uh, in like the Wild West they ride uh, stagecoaches about. And you always have someone riding next to you with a shotgun, so you protect bandits. They're riding shotgun. How interesting! That is. So interesting. it turns out Seth doesn't know anything. You're wrong. <laughs> I am wrong. But well, we we picked up on it from the in between. I don't think any of us. Yeah, probably like the, from... the cultural way now, and now from people learning from the in between rather than like. Yeah, that is interesting though. Ah, that's a little bit of trivia. A bit of trivia. I'll write that down. Um, but yeah, so I, I feel like it's very influential. But um. Basically, the Inbetweeners two is 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 the better movie, and that, that's that's why I chose it. Yeah. Right. Well, thoughts. I I get the feeling it's about influence on uh, like teenagers or people our age, or something along those lines. I think it might be like trends that we didn't notice. 
or Seth didn't notice. Yeah, I'll go with that. I suppose yeah. more likely. So trend trends that we didn't so, notice. that sort of passed us by or passed you by a bit. Okay, I know we talked about social influences and, and trends a lot, but but I will tell you, it's, it's not about that. Even remotely. Remotely, it's linked to it, yes, but that's not sort of the ballpark we're going for. Okay. Good guess, though. Well, it was the only guess you could have made because we talked about it for ages, but yeah. Cool. My film is Moneyball. Interesting. That is the one with Brad Pitt and Joan Hill, isn't it? Whether it's some sort of American football thing. That is correct. So, Moneyball is an Aaron Sorkin film or ah. Aaron Sorkin written film so which basically means that they talk at 100 miles an hour yeah um, it's really I really like it so it follows a baseball coach in the top league of baseball you're right there Will you just I just I, I know the film but I, I watched recently and I didn't realise the connection so I've, I've got it now my bad okay Cool. You've got Joe's connection? No, 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 no. I've seen the film, but I didn't realise until I looked it up just now. Oh, uh, right, yeah. Um, so, Brad Pitt is a baseball league coach, uh, and they have no money. So, he employs Jonah Hill um, with the remaining money that they have, essentially, to calculate a way of winning the league with basically using statistics and statistical analysis and a brand new method of playing the game essentially rather than just buying star players and putting them out and hoping that they will carry you you buy a group of people all skilled in different areas that are capable of being progressed further who are cheap and who will get on with each other and it follows that and it also follows his family relations and that is quite a complicated situation and it's a really really good film I really like it that's great I like Aaron Sorkin a lot um Mainly because of his dialogue, because the way that he constructs dialogue, I think, is really interesting. And I like the the way that the film essentially is sort of, you know, that like building of a of a legacy almost um, is in there, and what has to happen for that to happen. Sorkin is interesting, I think, because sometimes it can feel very very. There's what. You know you how in TV recently, definitely, you get that sort of cinematic feel mm-hmm. to things, whereas like big production, you know, Game of Thrones, that sort of thing. Yeah. Sorkin, Sorkin stuff can both seem very televisual and very cinematic at the same time, yeah. if you know what I mean. Because you get the West Wing stuff, which is just television written yeah. by him, and you get Moneyball, which feels quite cinematic at points, but it's very heavily dialogue-based. And Steve Jobs as well, which is another Sorkin film. Is which, it? Yeah, which is um, direct, which is split Danny up. Danny Boyle, into, is that, isn't it? Yeah, Danny Boyle directed. Um, which is, and Steve Jobs is a film that is split up into the three-act structure. And it feels sometimes quite theatrical as well it mm. feels very much like a like a play might yeah i like the steve jobs movie a lot. i haven't seen um moneyball actually but oh, I, right. I i haven't done much aaron sorkin i tried to i tried to watch the the west wing once is um, Moneyball on netflix it's on netflix yeah, yeah i think it was yeah take a look it's really good i might do i might do i do mean to watch it so is um sorkin a, a screenwriter mostly or yeah he's a screenwriter i think that's pretty I don't know if he if he's done anything else, any other mediums of writing, but it's mostly screenwriting. Have you seen his his new film? What's that one? I think I might have heard of it. 
he literally came out on Netflix um, a couple of days ago, I think. Uh, yeah, I, a, I think I heard vaguely about it. What is it? It's, it's about, a, oh, I can't remember, it's a court, it's about a court, I think it's got such a Baron Cohen, James McAvoy, it's got, it's got a great cast, but it's mm-hmm. just come out recently, which is why I thought you might have chosen it, that's what I was going to guess. Did Adam Sorkin okay. write the script for Social Network as well? Yes. Yes, okay, now I know, I know him, yes. Yeah, yeah 100 mile an hour dialogue. Brilliant script writer, yeah. Yeah. Social Network's actually a really, really good film. Yeah. Um, Tarantino said it was, or one of the, No, I think it was Tarantino said it was his favourite film, which is high praise indeed. That surprised me. Yeah. It's yeah, one no, of the best... It probably is one of the best films of the last 20 years. Yeah, but for Tarantino to say that, that's kind of surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't seem like the sort of film that you would have thought Tarantino would enjoy, perhaps. I don't know, actually. He just is a film buff, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. He did, yeah. I was just double-checking because, yeah, no, he does like Social Network, yeah. It's one of his favourites. But, yeah. No, I, yeah, his screenwriting is, is, it's clever in the way that sometimes what they're talking about you wouldn't normally find interesting. So for Steve Jobs and Social Network, a lot of the stuff I can't, relate to in a, on an intellectual level because I don't know much about computers but he does it in a way that is still super engaging and you're still on every yeah. single word all the time and with Moneyball you don't you have to have any interest in, in baseball at all in ba- yeah you it's really yeah, not I nothing about it when I watch a film like you just it, it doesn't even talk much about like how baseball works it's just about like how they're going to win and it just it kind of just works somehow with uh, it's it's very well explained. And not like too detailed in a way. Hmm? Not like too detailed in like how, how the game strategy works. It just sort of... Yeah. Yeah. It is it's very good at the... Sokin is very good at the show-don't-tell rule, where he is very good at showing and not telling. But if he needs to tell you, he can tell you in an interesting way. Yeah, I might watch Moneyball then because I I love all the other films and stuff we've just talked about. So I'm guessing I'd probably really like it. Yeah, Brad Pitt's really good in it as well. Love that, Brad Pitt. Yeah, love Brad Pitt. It's brilliant. Hmm. Well, Jay's talked a lot about um, how the film is both televisual and cinematic, so I reckon it's something to do with that. Yeah, that seems where I go. But I don't know how to put that into a link. Um. Things that can be two like different types of media at the same time. Yeah, that's, yeah, go for that. Things that yeah, there you go, Jay. things that can be two types of media at the same time. Nope. Oh, I'm close. Ah, oh. uh, well done, all of us. This is looking like a good one. Yeah. All right. Exciting. Will. My music. Yes, please. Do you want to try and guess first, or should I just say? And it's not really related to the thing. Like, we don't know. Your I theory, have no idea we... what it could be. I've chosen Grace by Jeff Buckley. It's my album. Ah, okay. Lovely. Haven't actually uh, listened to it. Familiar? No, I know some Jeff Buckley, but I haven't listened to. No. Um, Did you do uh, Music Juicy C? By any chance? Because that was yeah. talked about there. Yeah. Yeah. I we used to be, I first looked at it in Music Juicy because it was like one of the. It was um, Grace. The title song was one of the studies, and because. I hated that course so much. I just ditched all music that was in it for a long time. But I went and re- re-listened to it recently. It's yeah, really good. It's really good stuff. Um, he's a very talented, was, sorry, a very talented uh, singer and guitarist. Um, and he's got a, a credible vocal range. Like, it's kind of staggering how much it was. And uh, so the album is very much based on, um, like, human emotion and stuff. So... Grace is about turmoil that's about in love. Um, he's got a cover of Hallelujah on it, which obviously is like you know, a very emotional song. Um, there's one called Love, You Should Come Over, which is about how um, he, I suppose like he um, he cheated, but he regrets it a lot. Um, yeah, it's, it's just sort of a lot about um, like how much pain goes into the songs, I suppose. You can really hear like, how much he... And his voice in Love I Should Come Over, you can really hear like how much it hurt to sing that kind of stuff. 
So he, he he writes the songs as well then, I'm guessing. Yeah. 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 His his cover of Hallelujah actually is, is my favourite. Yeah, it's much better than Lenny Cohen. Yeah. And every other version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I I that's the that's pretty much the only thing I know about Jeff Buckley is everyone says that his version of Hallelujah is the best. Yeah, but uh, the songs on the track aren't really like that much at all. Well, not, no, yeah, they kind of are in a very similar, like, um, his hard playing style. Like, he's very tender with the stuff, but he also, um, you know, loud, smashy, crashy, bashy with the drums and stuff at some points. The songs like that. It's not all, like, very tender and stuff. There's lots of um, anger involved. There's one called uh, Mojo Pin, which is about heroin addiction, and that's very, like, out there and stuff. So, yeah. All right. What, what, um, like, what year was it? 1994. I thought it was so much earlier than that. Blimey, '94. That's a, this is a yeah. controversial time to be releasing stuff like that because that would have been yeah. very much the Britpop era, and you get Jeff Buckley releasing these sort of slow, I'm guessing, and acoustic. No. Ballads? Um, Are they ballads? Or um, again, I'm just thinking of Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm going not Hallelujah. some ballads, I suppose. Um... Yeah, I suppose like sort of a, a bunch of my ballads, but uh, it's not slow music and it's not acoustic. Oh. It it's hard to talk about it much if you don't know the music itself, but like it's very, um, yeah, you can definitely hear like there's a lot of emotion in uh, I suppose like pain is like the main theme throughout the thing, I suppose. Like um, most of the songs are about come from love, I think is like the main like you can hear from it, I suppose. Mm. I am trying to think of a connection between that and Joker. I think. Did, well, that... did you say we were nowhere close, nowhere near with the um, different versions line? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't say that now because Hallelujah, that's, you know, obviously, but it's not that at all. Yeah. That's what <sighs> I was thinking when you said it immediately. Yeah. Okay. It's not that. Then pain, something to do with pain. Will's talked about pain quite a lot. Yeah. And the Joker is quite, he's a very tormented character. Maybe Jeff Buckley was as well. He killed himself, didn't he? It's not clear. He died of drowning in a river, but I don't know if he killed himself or just had an accident swimming. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's one of those. It could have been a suicide. It could have not been. It's unclear. I think it's undecided with the official report. Yeah. But okay. It's entirely possible knowing Jeff Buckley. Yeah, I, I, I do vaguely remember that he had a tragic ending. I'm sort of characters? I'm weirdly starting to draw connections between Heath Ledger's Joker um instead of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. <laughs> because Heath Ledger was it a heroin overdose? I see. Again, I think it's undecided isn't it whether it was on purpose or yeah um, he was he, he, uh, he, he, was, he was of prescription medicines okay so hmm. well if we go for we'll have to go for the whacking phoenix joker i think when we draw connections i think okay so i i want to give something i want to give something like um tragic uh, people or something to do with pain or or, yeah. or even something like performances where you can like powerful performances where you can like feel like their pain maybe yeah okay that's what you're going with yeah, yeah powerful yeah. powerful performances where you can sort of feel their pain that isn't it no but uh you're, you're kind of on the right track okay good mm, cool I like being, I like right well seth Go my on, my album is um, a brilliant album. It's probably it's probably my top ten, maybe top top fifteen favorite albums of all time. It is Seagull Ross Tap. Um, I don't know if either of you are very familiar with Seagull Ross. He's sort of um, a composer. I call him a composer. He sort of does sort of the ambient sort of noise stuff where you can put it on in the background. And it's just sort of it just sort of washes over you. There's no sort of it helps because Seagull Ross is Icelandic, right? So when he sings in his tracks, 
um, we're not sort of following the words. It is just like pretty sounds to us, which really helps with it. Um, but yes, it's a brilliant album. It was released in 2005 or something like that. And yeah, it's just really, really gorgeous. I think you'd recognise um, one of the songs from it, Hoppy Polo, which is Skimming Stones or something. I feel like you, if you played it, you'd recognise it because it's used in a lot of films and stuff. His, his music is used in lots of films like Captain Fantastic and other stuff. But yeah, he's, he's a brilliant composer and it's, it's a great album. I should definitely check it out. Is it uh, meant to like evoke a certain emotion, the album, or is it just sort of? I'd say so. It's definitely quite sort of not arousing, but rousing. Um, you know, like They're two you, quite different emotions. <laughs> yeah, rousing. I'm going for rousing, but I knew if I said rousing, you'd be like, you take it out of context because you're so not, not put on the bedroom and then uh, listen to it as you do it. Yeah, yeah. Pop it on in your bedroom, close your eyes, you know lay back, unbuckle your belt so it's not making any noise or jangling about, and just sort of enjoy the music, I would. But yeah, it's lovely. And you get all of these, like you do with a lot of like ambient music, you get sort of random things being used that aren't instruments. Like you'll get maybe that in it sometimes, or other... Like sort of diegetic sound. Yeah, yeah, you'll get sounds that aren't from instruments in it quite a lot but it always works out and you know like the composition is just amazing and it's one of those albums that flows as well which is lovely um like it's not really meant meant to be listened to individually need to listen to it all but please do listen to it because this is someone who probably needs slightly more recognition okay interesting but i think in this case i don't listen to much foreign music because most, I don't know why. I did most foreign most, music is in foreign. That's why. Yeah, I feel like that's probably why. <laughs> um, I, I feel like most foreign people actually listen to British music as well. Or is that well, just the way we think? No, I went to, I think it, there's a little bit of that, but um, I went to Italy a few years ago and I was surprised to hear basically uh, a song in English was played every other song. Almost, yeah. if if not slightly more regularly, I don't yeah. really know why that is. Industries are larger in the English speaking world. Hmm? Probably the industries are larger in the English speaking world, Western yeah. Europe especially. Like you'd imagine that you know, American labels are just they give out, they produce more stuff and have a bigger power to produce stuff than yeah. Uh, Before you make your guess, um, just back from the sort of foreign music side, you know, Bollywood. Yeah. They produce the most films, like, out of every other sort of area, yeah. But we don't see much of it, so maybe it's a similar thing with music, where that it is being produced, but it's just not reaching over here. Or maybe we're going to the touristy areas of different countries, so when we go there, they do play British music, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, All I was going to say is that the fact that it's in a different dialect and you've got the different language actually adds something to it i think which is lovely hmm. it's a pretty language my bloody screen is flashing up about <laughs> my bloody microphone or speaker or whatever it's really annoying actually never mind moving on doesn't matter I'll just put it out of my head um I'm so confused about link i don't know at all i think it might be that seth was sort of going on with the in-betweeners about how we didn't really notice it pay much attention to it around and we should pay more attention to Sigur Ross. maybe it does a no I don't think so no I mean, you, I mean you are right. I've not got anything else but I don't think that's it it's it's not it but I do agree with you that the in-between is is one of those shows that you think oh it's childish it, it's you know just trash but actually it's a really cleverly written show um, and to get that 16-year-old speak of boys right is is actually quite difficult. And usually it just comes across cringy whenever it fails. So it is, it is, it, it does need more recognition. I agree with you on both um, the points. I'm not okay. thinking it's something to do with like um, just the craftsmanship of, of the pieces. I'm not really sure. <clears throat> yeah, maybe. 
I don't know. I have no idea. Can I just go with that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll just say like it's they're both crafted or they're all crafted very well, like they're very well made. They are, yes, but that is not my link, unfortunately. Okay. You'll get it on the last one, I think. I hope. Okay. Okay. My song, not album this time, mm. is To Build a Home by Cinematic Orchestra. Lovely song. It's lovely. Very, um, that's quite a sad one. Yeah, it's quite... I don't recognise the name of the song, but I, I might recognise, like, if you play music or something. What's, what is it like? What's, what genre? Or what, what's it about? Gosh. <laughs> um, what is I don't... It? So, To Build a Home is a song that is mostly just piano, isn't it? And the... And the, the vocalist. You've got a string section in there as well, haven't you, somewhere? Oh, yeah, that was it. There's yeah. also that. It's been a long time since I've properly sat down and listened to it. And like, It's one of those things which which it's nice to just let it wash over you. It's yeah. one of those things. Um, I remember we used it in drama, didn't we, when we first did it with... When we were doing Frantic Assembly, which is all sort of storytelling through movement and stuff mm. we would uh, when we started learning that we choreographed like hymns hands and things to that piece of music yeah which i remember that was quite fun yeah it's it's a nice piece of music to do sort of visual artsy stuff to i think do you know what i mean it's, it's very atmospheric I yeah, I know what you mean, but the way you phrased it sounded like something that you would phrase in a certain way. Yeah, I know. My, my guy, I'm never very good at phrasing things. It is one of my downfalls. Yeah. I don't really know that I've got much to say about um, Cinematic Orchestra. But... Except why they're called Cinematic Orchestra, maybe. Why are they called the Cinematic Orchestra? Why are they called the Cinematic Orchestra? Yeah. To be honest, I don't. I feel like I should know, but I don't. Is it because the uh, music is meant to be cinematic? It feels. It feels like it definitely is. It feels that way inclined a lot of the stuff, especially yeah. to build a home. It feels very much like it can just sit, maybe on maybe like a montage. Yeah. In, in, a, in, a, in a sad film, or you mm. know, when when someone's dying of cancer in a rom com. Yeah, or oh, wouldn't have been out of place at the end of La La Land, for example. Yeah. yeah. But I think they've only really got two well-known songs, which is To Build a Home and Arrival of the Birds. Yes. The other one, which I, I, apart from that, I don't know much else by them. But as songs, those two are, yeah, they're, they're really atmospheric and they are, I guess, quite cinematic. Mm. Will, I'm, I'm thinking about your earlier suggestion about the mediums thing because that seems relevant but he said we were far off yeah i haven't really hinted at, at my link a massive amount i'm leaving it fairly subtle mm. yes it seems very subtle to me right now i can barely think of anything <laughs> i'm terrible at this gosh to build up i still fucking out See, I, haven't, I haven't listened to the song so i don't know what it probably isn't like you know similar, obviously, to the film. But I, I haven't listened to it, so I don't know what to expect. Like, I, I, I feel like somehow it's it's about the title, cinematic orchestra, that sort of disparity there. I feel, and and then you've got Adam Sorkin or whatever his name is. I'm very proud of himself for this one. <laughs> Smiling away. It's it's nice to see you two struggling. Yeah, I think because he talked about like between cinematic and televisual. Maybe it's not to do with like how they can do both. Maybe it's just, you know. Maybe it's just cinematic. I feel like it might just be cinematic things, yeah, things that are cinematic. Yeah, is cinematic. it? Cinematic. You're right to pick out a word, but you've picked out the wrong word. Oh, you know. What? 
Wow, <laughs> Will, okay, your right, book. My book. Blown away by that. Okay. Um, <laughs> my book is uh, Goodnight, Mr. Tom. Oh, that's Jay, sweet. Know the book? Uh, I feel like I should know it. I've, I've, the title rings a bell, but I, you're going to okay. have to enlighten me. I'll explain what it is. So it's uh, written in 1981, and it is about the Second World War. It's about an evacuated child who goes from an abused home, abusive home, sorry, to the countryside where he meets Mr. Tom. And uh, Mr. Tom cares for the child and basically realizes that he's been abused. He's had a very tough childhood. And so, like, not nurses him back to health, but shows him love, essentially. And it's a very nice thing. And at some point, um, the, the kid goes back to London to his abusive mother. And um, Mr. Tom follows him. And the whole thing is about um, the journey of this child and uh, how much, like, with, with how much hatred there was at his house, comparing that to how much love there was elsewhere. Yeah, um, fact, I actually went as uh, the kid in the World Book Fair for year four, I think it was. World Book Fair for year four. Brilliant. Did you have a little suitcase, a little evacuee suitcase and a little hat? I can't remember. I think I had something, I had a prop of some kind, but I think it wasn't a suitcase. Well, book day was, was one of the best days of the year back in primary yeah. school. It, it was, was a good brilliant. time. Yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, that's all I can really say about it. I haven't read it in a little while, but I remember it being a very good one. I haven't read it, but I've seen the film and I know of it. I've seen the film. The film's very accurate to the first book, so yeah. Oh, good. Oh, I really like the film, actually. I think it's really sweet. There's a, When he goes back to London, doesn't he try to save his new baby sister. Yes. Um, and he takes her with him back to Mr. Tom, but I think she dies, doesn't she? Oh, it's been a while since I remember the plot of it. Um, I'm just, I've just got oh, this image God, of... Is that a, the baby or his mum? Oh, gosh. One of them. Maybe, but, but yeah, no, I remember it being really sad. Yeah, it's a very... It's, yeah, it's very sad. Um, yeah. But it's got a very uh, happy twist and ending to it. Like after all, it, it kind of works out for the kid. Yeah. And you're back in a safe home, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I always got it mixed up with. The, I always got Thomas Midnight Garden, Goodnight Mr. Tom, and <laughs> Goodbye Mr. Chips all mixed up. I can see why. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're not. They're not very similar. Like what they are, but the names are. No. Yeah. It's completely. Ugh. Anyway. Yes. Hmm. But yeah, that's my book. I don't know how much more to say about it, really. Jay. Yes. Again, I'm thinking this thing about pain and sad things ending up. But they didn't end up all right, actually. But sad things. I'm just thinking pain and sadness. Yeah, and all that. that's all I'm thinking of now as it's well. It's very sad, are you, Seth? <laughs> yeah, it's just my general thoughts, actually. Nothing to do with your link. Yeah. Yeah, you're just sad. Yeah. You're a sad, sad man. Yeah, all right. Thank you. You're just miserable. You're just sad and alone. There is that thing, though, isn't it, where if you tell someone that they're sad, they will get sad. Is that a thing? It's, it's the whole are you okay thing, and then she starts crying, or he starts crying. You know, are you all right? <laughs> that's, that's so deep. That's so deep. Breaks down. I, feel like, I don't thing. feel like that's a thing. I think it's definitely a thing. Whenever someone stops crying and you go, are you, are you okay? Are you alright? Or maybe it's just me. <laughs> I think it's just <laughs> you. I've never had that. Maybe I'm just so desensitive. Desensitive, you mean desensitive. insensitive? Insensitive. Insensitive. Not desensitive. I was going for desensitised, but then that wouldn't make sense. That wouldn't make sense, yeah. But yes. I, anyway, I think this is something about being sad. Yeah. That's rubbish for our final guess. Is that your final guess for somebody being sad? No, definitely not. Well, I mean... Well, I, 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 we could. No, something about a bad life, tortured life, a, a sort of yeah. a struggle. Str yeah, maybe it's this idea of struggle. Yeah, okay. Sad yeah. and... Tortured and struggling and shit. 
you've not got the thing. Uh, it's about suffering. That's what it is. Is, is everyone? Is, do people suffer? Suffering. So right. you, you're kind of right. I think I'll I'll give it for that. Yeah. It's, okay. His joke is all about like mental anguish and suffering because of his own afflicted things. Jeff Buckley just, just suffers in the whole thing with the drug abuse, with you know love life, with just general pain. And then gonna miss Tom. It's just abuse, child abuse. Mm. There you go. Right. Cool. Love, love, love a bit. Of, love a bit of that. Love a bit of suffering. Yeah. Love a bit of child abuse. Right. Seth, your book. The big reveal. Okay, my book is Train Spotting by Urban Welsh. What? Okay. Train Spotting by Urban Yeah, no, Welsh. no. We know the book. Yeah, we're not, we're not idiots. Yeah. What, 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 I'm not, why, why is there such a strange re- reaction? Oh, why are you looking at me it's like not I'll fucking Scotland, is it? No, it's not Scotland. Bloody hell. Seagull Ross got nothing to do with Scotland. And neither does in between us, really. Um, no, it's not Scotland. Um, hmm. Train spotting, yes, as a book. So, um, do, you, do you two like the film? Have you seen the film? I know you probably haven't seen it. Actually. You haven't watched? No, I've seen it. Oh. Blimey. Well, do watch it because it's 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 an interesting watch. Um well but I'm not talking about the film, I'm talking about the book, which I actually only read the first four chapters of. And the reason for that is this. It is in Scottish dialect, the book is. Um so you've got to sort of look up what the words mean. Um a lot on most pages and um, you I mean like I, I can get on board with like canny and dinner and stuff like that but when it comes to like completely it, it's, it's a completely different jargon and and it's used throughout it's the very book. phonetic Scottish isn't it yeah it's like it, yes you've got apostrophes everywhere and lots of oh gosh it's so strange um but yeah I mean I started to get used to it um as you do when you read different stuff and then and then it was so much effort. It took me about, what, I was on about five minutes per page, um, and I thought, no. But it's a really interesting book because it's sort of, it's about sort of heroin and and drug addiction and putting your hand in a shitty toilet to get your pills and stuff like that. But you've got moments of like really beautifulness. Like you've got really lovely sort of philosophical moments in it um because it's all done from the perspective of um the main character whose name i've forgotten um and it's you you get these moments of clarity where it's just really sweet but then you've got it you've got all this swearing in it like cunt and fuck every other page it's a really interesting book um i will pick it up again at some point i'm sure i will but yeah it's it's interesting i think i know your link I have no idea because I'm dumb. Right, so. What are you thinking? Jay? Hmm? What are you thinking? I I'm thinking when Seth was talking about the in-betweeners, he was talking about calling shotgun and all these phrases that uh, entered our parlance as as that happened. And some of them you do know and you can figure out, and some of them you don't quite, you maybe not quite sure of, or don't really mean anything. His music. Is in foreign, and train spotting might as well be in foreign. Might as well be. Yeah. Oh, I see. They're all, you know, di- dialects that you quite take a while to get to grips with, whether they're actual other languages or just other ways of using the English language. Yes, very good. That was the key word I was waiting for, dialect or, or sort of jargon, sort of this idea that people sort of age or geographically or sort of culturally have a different jargon and a different dialect which they speak. And I think it's interesting when, when that comes up in TV books or, or music. I, I find find it fun to try and decipher it. Not fun enough to carry on with Rain Spot and Book quite fun. Yeah. Wow. Very good. I didn't. I didn't think you'd get that, but well done. That's a point each. We've done well, Will. That wasn't really me, but yeah, I'll take. I'll take credit for it. Why not? Yeah. 
Well done. <laughs> now we've just got to guess your link, Mr. Funnels. My book. My book is by Kaplan Moran, and it's How to Build a Girl. Useful for you. <laughs> for some reason, I'm imagining... You're not disagreeing with me, which is... Uh, no, I, okay, I am disagreeing with you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Bastard. I'm imagining a book that is like the film Weird Science at the moment. Where no. They... no. Right, so it is... <laughs> It's been it's been commented many many times in a number about amount of times about how the, a lot of Catelyn Moran's fiction is somewhat similar to her own life in quite detailed ways. Sometimes um, it's a really really good book. So it follows the story of a girl from the from the working class background. Near Wolver- growing up near Wolverham in Wolverhampton, or near Wolverhampton, um, family on benefits, and she is 15, 16 at the start of the book. Um, she really, really wants to be a writer, and so she goes out and tries writing bits and bobs, and it's a bit shit. But they win um, like five hundred pounds from a poetry competition, and she, and then. It comes back a couple of years later. She's about 17. And she starts <laughs> writing music art, uh, music review articles um, and then just sends them off to loads of uh, magazine, uh, newspaper, no, not newspaper, music uh, magazines, basically saying, give me a job. I'll be writing this sort of thing. Um, and eventually one paper does give her a job and it's a, like a coming of age story sort of finding your identity fi- building up you're building the person that you want to be building up that identity and she it's really really good um, it's lots of feminism in it and Catelyn Moran quite talks quite openly about uh masturbation and in quite great detail um it's 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 very Why it's really it, so much it's a re- it's a really funny book i really like it's re- it's really good um there's a lot there's a lot of good stuff in it and it's really uh there there's a follow up one that was published a couple of years ago called how to build a woman I think, um, and it's recent, and it's being being turned into an Amazon Prime show now okay. with uh, Bernie Feldstein from that other really good, uh, Booksmart, which was a, sure. was a yeah. coming of age film directed by Olivia Wilde, and that's an incredible film as well. Um, I remember you mentioned that on one of the very early podcasts, Booksmart. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. If you haven't watched Booksmart, go watch Booksmart. Is it on Prime? Yeah. Oh, okay. So there you go. How to Build a Girl by Catelyn Moran. Go read it. It's great. Right, Will. What I don't get is, I mean, you've got to build a home and then how to build a girl. And then you've got Moneyball. There was a, there was a sentence that I popped in there about Moneyball. That you probably a, miss. Build a baseball team. It's to build. Oh, building something, yeah. Building yeah. something. Build. Wow. I, when I when I was talking about Moneyball, I said building a legacy. Building a legacy. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it kind of is a Moneyball. It's not really because he turned down a job at the Red Sox. He didn't have a legacy. No, he well he did because there were a few a few years later somebody. One of the bigger teams, I think it was the Red Sox, used the Moneyball principle you know, and won. They didn't, yeah. It, it was. It wasn't. He was. He wasn't being successful in and of himself, but he was building the legacy of uh, allowing this to be a thing that you could do. It's more like the legacy of the the strategy, the, not the success, rather than his legacy. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Oh, fair enough. It's a good link. That was a good link. I think we all had pretty good links there. But so, I think we've all drawn. Final scores. I'm on two. I'm on two and a half. Same and as so as well. Look at that. So the um, loser, the un undisputed loser, is is Jay Pendles. Yes. Jay, you are A and the loser. Yes, I am A and the loser. Yes. Very good. And and I'm I'm the winner. And, and so, so as well. So as well. Because Will's a guest, does he does he get get the edge on me or am I still are we joined first or am I doing the decent yeah, thing? Yeah, Will and... Will is edging ahead of you. Oh yeah. okay. I'll take it. Yep. We'll take it, yeah. I would. So All right. that's my second win. Really? That's embarrassing. For you, Jay, not for me. Is it like this in your everyday life as well? Just Will scoring points on you and just always being one up? No, this yeah. is a very so, rare yes. occurrence. Okay. So Will doesn't... Isn't it, Will? Shut. <laughs> so, Will, Will, you're not always on top of Jay? No, sometimes I'm Jay's on top of you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you take it in turns to top to top each other. Yeah. Sometimes I'm on top. Sometimes he's on top. It just it, it just kind of depends. Yeah. And that's a good way to do it. I think. Well, I wouldn't know. I mean, I'll do your expertise, Jay, especially. <laughs> I don't know. But um, hey, if it works, it works. Yeah, you wouldn't know about being on top, would you, Seth? Mm, no. No. No, I would not. Not sure that's an insult that much, honestly. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know that it. It's not. It's not. It's neither. Really, it's just a statement. <laughs> it depends in yeah. which way you want to take it. Yeah. Well, which that's way? What she you, said, you know. That's yeah. Fine. Which way do you guys like to take it? Anyway, in the year. Mm. No, don't worry. Yes, very good. That devolved quite quickly. <laughs> I that might get of, cut. Yeah, I couldn't think of where to go with the ear remark. But anyway, that was Connecting Vague Dots. Um, thank you if you listened. Um, and thank you, Will, for coming on. And again, you know, being a brilliant guest. Yeah, and I, I'd say it was a pleasure, but uh, it wasn't. So, fuck yourselves. What are we talking about? Shall we just... Ender. I don't think I don't think this is my fault. I'm just Once it isn't your I'm fault, shifting actually. blame I'm here. It's no, this know. was nothing to do with me. Right, well. Yeah, thanks. Should we call it a day? Well yeah. let's call it a day, yeah. Good. Good. Shall we sign off? Okay. Yeah. Having me. No worries. Thank you for coming on. on. Bye then. Well, that's a goodbye from me. Seth. You should, yeah, oh, whatever. Oh. See ya. Right, bye. <laughs>